Christ is risen. The zeal of evangelism. The zeal of evangelism. Perhaps some of you may have remembered me starting a homily with that, those words many years ago. The zeal of evangelism. And for those who have not, do not remember, we're not, we're not there. When I was in high school, maybe the 10th grade, on a day like today, on a Sunday afternoon, instead of being outside like I usually was, going out in the country with my bike with my friends or whatever, I found myself in front of a television. And I turned it on, and my folks were always opposed to that, but for some reason, it happened. And a, a Catholic, a Roman Mass was going on. And the priest <clears throat> must have finished his homily, I don't know, I mean his gospel reading, I don't know what it was, but I just remember him walking up to the ambo and beginning with the words, the words, the zeal of evangelism, just like that. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, I need to remember that. I had no idea why I need to remember that. I don't remember anything else of the homily. I just remember the zeal of evangelism. And in our gospel today, it is filled with the zeal of evangelism. Now you may go, well, this is kind of odd. I didn't hear it. I missed all the screaming and shouting. I missed all the hoopla like we had on Palm Sunday. Where was it? Well, I assure you, it was there. Our gospel has two acts, two scenes, if you will. The first is about Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, who came to Jesus by night and took Jesus' body down from the cross. And they would be witnesses for us that Jesus was the crucified one. And that he was buried. And in the second scene, we have the myrrh bearers. And they would bear witness to us that Jesus rose from the dead. Now, it's interesting, isn't it? Where's the evangelization in all of this? Well, they must have told somebody because it was written down. It's human nature to share your story, especially when it's one that's very powerful and it moves your life. We hear from Nicodemus, it is from him that we get all the accounts of what was happening inside the court with the Sanhedrin. He was in the inside there. He knew about all the workings of that. So he had a conversation with our author today, relating, or to others around, of what had happened there. And we know that both men were persecuted after this. But they continued to tell their story. And their names were recorded in memorial because they did tell their story. They had a zeal for evangelization. The myrrh-bearers, we heard at the very end of the gospel, for fear 
and trembling, they didn't tell anyone. Well, they must have told somebody because it's recorded. They couldn't contain themselves. And they shared their story with whoever would listen. They had a zeal for evangelizing in their own unique way. But what was the source of this zeal? What was the foundation of it all? What did Nicodemus and Joseph have to gain in any of this? Things didn't go the way they thought they were going to go. They had hoped, as we heard in scriptures on Pascha and Sunday after, we had hoped this was the one. And yet something propelled them to go before a tyrant, to go before Pontius Pilate, who would just as soon have him crucified as anything else. They bolstered up their courage and went before him and requested the body of Jesus, which was a very dangerous thing, considering that the whole region was a, was a, a powder keg about to go off. Something moved them. The myrrh bearers were not expecting to find the risen Lord. Their preoccupation was, well, how are we going to remove the stone? They were not expecting anything else, but they wanted to go and finish the burial preparations that Nicodemus and Joseph were unable to do because of haste. What propelled them to do it? Love. Love was the impetus behind it all. Love was willing to face the tyrant Pontius Pilate to ask for the body of Jesus. Love was the reason behind giving the tomb, an unused tomb, his own tomb, Joseph's, to Jesus. They gave no thought to themselves. It was love that propelled the women to go and finish the burial preparations. They had much love. Think of Mary Magdalene. Seven demons were cast out. Here's a woman who was in the house of Simon the Pharisee and began weeping at the feet of Jesus and wiping his feet with her hair because her tears were on him. And Jesus asked Simon, who's the one that, that um, loves much? The one who was forgiven little or the one who was forgiven much? And Simon says, the one who is forgiven much. Mary Magdalene was forgiven much because she loved much. We are all called to have this zeal for evangelism. We were given the commission to go out and preach the gospel. Not one of us is exempt from that. In the state of life we're in, we are to preach the gospel in the manner of life we live and the words we speak. But none of that will have any effect if there's not, first and foremost, love in your heart for God. And that love in your heart for God has to be reflected in your love for neighbor. Or as St. John the Evangelist would say, if you say you, say you love, your, love God but hate your neighbor, you're a liar. St. Paul says this about love 
in his letter to the Corinthians. If I speak with tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and have all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all my goods to feed the poor, if I give my body so that it will be burned, but do not have love, I profit nothing. Love is patient, it is kind, love does not envy, love does not brag, it is not proud, it does not behave inappropriately, it is not self-oriented, love does not take offense, and it does not keep track of evil, it does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. If we come to church Sunday after Sunday and begin to praise God and say that we are great Christians, but we go and attack our neighbor or think ill of him, then we do not have love, and any kind of evangelization work we think we're doing is going to come to naught. It will have no effect. If you want to be a Christian, we're required to be a Christian. We can't pick and choose what we're going to do. It requires us to love those who offend us. It requires us to do good to those who commit evil against us. But if we have love, then we can endure all things, believe all things. Then, that love within us wells up into a real zeal for evangelism. Because when you learn to love like that, you have come and encountered the one who is love. You will have had that experience as Nicodemus and Joseph and the women, the myrrh-bearing women, to the point that you cannot contend yourself for the love of God and for the love of neighbor, and you want to go out and share it with the world. And we have a perfect opportunity in this Northwest area to do just that. To forsake it all so that we can spread the gospel, that we can be men and women of love. Because we won't do evil, we won't take an eye for an eye. We'll turn the other cheek and we'll be who Christ has called us to be. We will be authentic witnesses. We will be authentic Christians. Because we're living as Christ has called us to live. Not pretending. Not skirting in the gray area but making a deliberate action in our thoughts, in our words, in everything we do, that it is one of love and reflects the gospel. It reflects the one that we come here every Sunday to worship. So we're called to have that zeal of evangelism. We're called to the heavenly kingdom. 
But we won't advance, and we won't advance the gospel or build the church or bring hope to anybody else if we ourselves fail to have that love that we're called to. The myrrh-bearers had that love. They didn't worry about anything. They were just going to do what they could do. Nicodemus and Joseph didn't worry about anything. They just did what they, they knew they could do. They didn't worry about it. They didn't live in fear. Love propelled them because they encountered love. They encountered Christ and it forever changed their life. It was an authentic encounter and they allowed themselves to be changed. If we love with this kind of love, it will change us. Because we will find that that love that we have encountered is none other than the risen Lord. 